0: If you have your Bibles this evening, I'd love you to join me in Ephesians chapter number 4. Ephesians chapter 4, this is the season where we are adding uh, our deacons to our church. uh, And we give you an opportunity to turn in those names. And we went through them and interviewed and did the qualifications and things such as that. And now it comes time where we are going to do a couple of sermons and train the church on how we do deacons here at Maysville Baptist Church. And uh, then at the end, uh, we'll be able to uh, continue to introduce those deacons to you, vote on those deacons, and continue to serve our church in a proper manner, in a biblical manner, as it relates to deacons. So this evening, I'd like for us to start in Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verses 1 through 6, where Paul is going to be talking to the church at Ephesus, and he's going to challenge them in the arena of unity, in particular, the unity of the Spirit. So if you found your place here, would you follow along with me in Ephesians chapter 4 beginning in verse number 1. Paul says, "I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit" even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. Man, I tell you, Paul just about summed the whole thing up right there in relationship to our calling. May we go to the Lord in prayer and ask God's blessing on the reading of His Word. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Father, that you would help us Be strengthened in the area of what deacons' responsibilities are and the knowledge, Lord, that you give us from your word about deacons here at Maysville Baptist Church. God, I thank you so very much that we're not governed by a government, uh, Lord, uh, that uh, is established, but we're governing by our own autonomy as in the relationship to Jesus Christ and the church. And thank you, Heavenly Father, for that. Thank you for this church in particular. What a joy it is to be their pastor. Bless this Time and bless this occasion, and Lord, we'll give you the glory, honor, and praise as we continue to journey together, uh, Lord, as we study about deacons in the church. We love you and we thank you for loving us. Bless this time and occasion in Jesus' name. Amen. I, I thought I'd begin uh, this evening. Not all of our deacons are here and our deacon candidates, but we do have many of them here tonight. I would like to read and call all of them out. You don't have to stand yet. Uh, I thought we would uh, get through a couple of these messages before I introduce the candidates uh, to you. But here are all the all the deacons as well as the candidates for our 2019 and fo- years following term. Uh, J.R. Bias is our chairman. Uh, he's been Serving as our chairman. I'm grateful for JR. He does a tremendous job. Uh, but we have JR Bias, we have a Brown, Jody Goodrow, Jeremy Sharpton, Jay Moore, Mike Walker, uh, Keith Barnett, Ryan Brooks, Alan Hatcher, Todd Gibson, Brandon Hester, Sammy House, Mick McDowell, Johnny Willbanks Jeff Holloway, Chris Kersey, John Buell, uh, Randy Williams, and Rob Edwards. Uh, We have these gentlemen and their wives. We have a board. When you walk out and you turn to the left before you go into the uh, administration wing of our church, there's a board there that's got our deacons' pictures up there along with their wives. So you can notice who they are. Now we have here at Maysville Baptist Church what's called Deacon Family Ministry. Deacon Family Ministry is where each deacon is taking the Word of God seriously when it comes to service. And we'll see that here in just a few moments. And they help me with our families. Uh, In particular, they help with our widows and uh, also help with our shut-ins, those that are unable to get out. uh, They help me with specific and particular things uh, that are specific in nature regarding ministry. I'm very grateful for our deacon family ministry. And probably one of the most important ministries that they have is they meet once a month and they pray. They pray for the needs of our church. They pray for me. They pray for the ministries here. And I really uh, would, would like to share my heart in regards to this. I really believe the success of our ministry will be found with us on our knees in prayer. And I'm grateful that our men know this to be true. And they pray for our church, and they pray for our ministries, and they pray for me. The word deacon is a very fascinating word when it comes to the Word of God. The Greek word is called diakono diakono. It's found 37 times and it's translated in many different capacities in the Word of God. We see it translated as servant, serve, deacon, and even minister. When it's used as the word minister, it's not talking about an ordained pastor. It means to be a servant or to be an attendant. To wait upon, it is used to describe an individual that waits on guests a waiter, if you would, a person who supplies food and the necessities of life. Sometimes the servant uh, would care for the poor and the sick in the Word of God. We see our deacons probably the most visible during our Lord's Supper where they're serving us in regards to the Lord's Supper. And to that I'm very grateful. You also see our deacons uh, many times when we need help baptizing. Uh, They help us in that uh, ordinance as well. But this evening, what I thought we might do by way of introduction tonight is look at the New Testament and see several verses where the term dekanos or dekanakos is used in relationship to the Scriptures. So we're going to do a little bit of Bible flipping around, if you would. So if you have your Bibles, let's start over in Matthew chapter 4 in verse number 11. In Matthew chapter 4, verse number 11, (coughs) we find... This word, uh, diakono, and it's used in relationship to talking about angels. Watch this now. Matthew chapter 4, beginning in verse number 11. The Bible says this, Then the devil leaveth him, talking about Jesus, this is after the temptation of Christ, and behold, the angels came and ministered unto him, being Jesus. So the angels here ministered to Jesus. That word minister is the same word where we get our English word deacon. The angels ministered, if you would, to Jesus. Matthew chapter 20, in verse number 26, the Bible says this, But it shall not be so among you, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. Again, he's speaking about a deacon. Let the deacons be the ones that are serving. Let them be serving in a capacity that they're helping, and they're helping the pastor in meeting the needs of the church. Matthew, or excuse me, Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, verse 45, we see this again. In Mark chapter 10, verse 45, the Scripture says this, For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. So here we find Jesus speaking about this word deacon. He says, For even the Son of Man uh, came not to be ministered, for deacons to minister to him, but Jesus came to be servant of all, that he might be ministered for many, minister to others, and be a ransom for many. Don't be fooled by that word many. This is not an evangelistic sermon by any stretch uh, uh, regarding uh, as far as being strictly evangelistic in its nature. Uh, it's ministerial in nature, but Don't let that ransom for many fool you. Jesus died for everybody. Everybody. And the Bible says, whosoever will. Now, there'll be some that uh, reject, but it's not my responsibility to say who they are. My responsibility is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and to be a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 10, verse 40. We see this servanthood. Now, watch this. Listen to me very carefully. The Bible is very explicit on deacons being spiritual leaders which are men. It's not being sexist. It's not being misogynistic. It's not being toxic in its masculinity. It's a standard by which God set. God created man to be the spiritual leader. In regards to the church, he wants the men to be the deacons. And he says that very plainly in the Scripture. But we also see that we are all, every one of us, men and women, are all servants of the Lord. Here's another where it's used in Luke chapter 10, verse 4. It says, but Martha uh, was cumbered about much serving. Uh, That is where, again, we get our English word deacon. And came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she should help me. So here we see this term used in a help relationship inside the home. Martha is serving and she wants help. John chapter number 12, verse 26. We find in that passage of Scripture, if any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, uh, he Him will my Father honor. There's the word serve, servant, used three times in this passage of Scripture. And it's talking about serving the Lord. Talking about our general relationship as we serve the Lord. Then we get into something quite fascinating in Acts chapter 6. In Acts chapter 6 and verse number 2, we see Jesus uh, calling the 12, uh, if you would, together. And we see this calling, or excuse me, we see this calling of the 12 come together in Acts chapter 6, and this is what the Bible says. Then the 12 uh, called the multitude for the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the Word of God and serve tables. And then in Acts chapter 19, verse 22, the Bible says, So he sent out into Macedonia two of them that ministered unto him, Timothy and Erastus, but he himself stayed in Asia for a season. So we're finding here in the book of Acts, there's this service that's happening inside the church house. And this service is given so that the man of God can get in the Word of God and get prayed up and studied up on the Word of God so they can deliver the gospel of Jesus Christ. Christ, while the needs of the church are being met. The point that I'm trying to make here is in regards to deacons, as we get into Acts chapter 6 and we get in the book of Acts and also 1 Timothy, which we'll see here in just a minute, we notice that the deacon's responsibility, if you would, is to aid the pastor in helping meet the needs inside the church. It is a service ministry. So I want you to notice and think about this just for a minute how this word was used in the preceding verses. The Bible says angels ministered to Jesus. Jesus ministered to those whom he sent. Uh, Paul and Timothy ministered to the saints. The church chose men to serve the widows, vitally important. So, based on the usage of this biblical term deacons, how should deacons minister inside the church? How does a deacon minister in the capacity of the church? Several points here just to think about. Point number one. To call on people who are in the hospital. Now, let me say this. Uh, we have an awesome awesome Sunday School. Our Sunday School is tremendous. As a matter of fact, our Sunday School functions as a service-based ministry here at Maysville Baptist Church. Many, many, many times, you as Sunday School teachers and outreach leaders in your Sunday School classes, y'all beat me to the hospital. In fact, you beat me and call me and say, Preacher, it's all taken care of. Everything's fine. Don't come. We've got this thing handled. It's all under control. You can pray right there in your study. You can pray wherever you're at. You just go ahead and pray, and you give me tremendous updates to that. I'm very, very thankful. Thank you for that. I'm grateful for that. Number two, we also have a staff. Our staff is on a hospital visitation rotation. The hospital visitation is a rotation which all of our staff members have. And uh, who's on call next week? Do you know, David, by any chance? I can't remember. Who's, who's got next week? Chris. Chris Porter is our pastor who has got hospitals for next week. So if you're going in the hospital, don't be surprised. You're going to see Pastor Chris there. Uh, it's his rotation week. And then our third line of defense, really, to be honest with you, if you would, if the Sunday school class is tied up, if the pastor on staff is tied up, then the deacon comes alongside as that third in control. And very rarely do we have to pick the phone up and say, "Hey, can you help uh, with this visit?" Very rarely does that happen because the first two work very efficiently. But in regards, sometimes that has happened where we need to go visit in the hospital. I think about uh, Jr. and and um, also. Sam McDuffie when he was serving as a deacon. Uh, they would go and check regularly, and Jr. still does, regularly goes and checks as a deacon uh, on individuals that are under his care just to make sure that they're doing okay. He calls on people. Number two, they also visit uh, in the church. On Monday night, Jr. is there, and I'm grateful, and many other deacons are there coming to visitation, and some who cannot come on Monday night visit throughout the course of the week, and that's fine. They are visiting and are in contact with people that are visiting our church. We call this uh, the seven touches of blessing. We try to touch an individual that comes to the church at least seven times. There's a period of time where we called it at my previous church the seven touches of irritation. Because once we touched you seven times, bless God, you're ready to join the church because you wanted us to quit coming to your house. But we don't call it the seven touches of irritation. It's the seven touches of blessing. And what we try to do is we have found just in ministry... That if you'll contact somebody anywhere from five to seven times, uh, the normal outcome is is usually that they want to be a part of what's going on at your church. And so um, we try our best to go see them, write them a little note, call on them, uh, pray for them, visit with them, talk to them, spend time with them, carry them to lunch. And we need uh, your help as a deacon to do the same. Here's another way a New Testament deacon serves. Meet the needs of hurting people or those that are going through trials. Uh, there are a lot of people in our church going through trials. And as a deacon or a deacon family might hear about this trial, they might reach out and help uh, that individual. One of the things our deacons are working on right now uh, that we're praying through and trying to come up with a more efficient way to help is to arrange help for our widows. I visited some of our widows and noticed that their gutters are full and they need their gutters cleaned out and or they might need a, need a little special attention on their home. Our deacons uh, need to be be in a position where we're able to help in that capacity. And we have many other areas of ministry that do help in that. But that's one way. Here's another uh, area. Uh, regularly call on members and review their spiritual condition. Uh, that is, do they need anything? Somebody's been missing for quite some time. There's one family in particular that my heart is thinking about right now. Every deacons meeting, somebody, one of the deacons brings this precious uh, name up and we pray earnestly for this individual reaching out regularly to this individual, uh, trying to bring them back in, trying to bring them back into the fold and love and to minister to them. The point here is just simply this. A deacon is a service-bound ministry. It is a service-bound ministry. I wanted to, if I could, put uh, this on the board up here. What a deacon is not. Do I have this? Is, this? is this in the notes here? What a deacon is not. Because we get confused here as, uh, not not in this church, but Southern Baptist in particular. We get confused and we think that the Southern Baptist Convention is the one that rules Southern Baptist churches, and that's not true at all. Each Southern Baptist church is autonomous. That is, we elect and have the government by which we operate. This church has chosen to operate from a pastor-led position, which means the pastor leads you, and we all follow the pastor as God speaks to him, as the pastor follows after Jesus, and we move forward with vision. We move forward with accomplishment. Uh, in in our case here at Maysville Baptist Church, church, we've had to, man, we've really had to be creative. Our vision, number one, was to pay the debt down. Man, let's get this debt paid down and paid off. And I'm so excited. We're just about, we're just about under $900,000, aren't we? I mean, we may be there already. Uh, we got a report coming in in a couple of weeks. And so, <clears throat> I'm very thankful for that. Well, while we were doing that, our numbers began to grow, and we began to run out of room. So you understand this whole floor here uh, at Maysville Baptist Church is preschool, preschool, uh, and uh, and nursery. Nursery on this side, preschool on this side. And man, this is it's full. I uh, don't know where else we're going to put them, uh, which we're praying about that and asking God for uh, some direction uh, on what we're going to do there. So we're autonomous in our government. We're able to make these Decisions and move forward very rapidly and very quickly. But let me give you several things, four in particular, as to what a deacon is not. Number one, a deacon is not a director, it is not a director. I prefer not to use the term board of deacons because it's a misrepresentation of what our deacons do. I prefer, I prefer the biblical term deacons. Deacons are not directors of the church, but they're servants in the church. And you've got some awesome servants in the church. I'm so grateful for our deacons, but they're not directors. Number two, they are not a representative of... Of the church. Baptists do not have representative governments like Presbyterians do. But rather, we hold to autonomous governments. Uh, We choose our own governments in regards to that. Number three, a deacon is not an administrator. That is, uh, someone who manages the affairs of business, organization, or institutions. They are not administrators, but they are facilitators. They are facilitators. Webster says that a facilitator is somebody who aids or assists in the process, especially by encouraging people to find their own solutions to the problems or tasks. Deacons will will find great delight in helping people find solutions with God's help. They are not administrators, they're facilitators. And then number four, they are not an inspector of the pastor. They are not an inspector. Of the pastor. Some deacons uh, fall prey to this mindset, and it's very, very dangerous. This often happens following a bad experience with a pastor, and the deacons get uh, apprehensive about the pastoral leadership, and this mindset, though, will not lead to disunity. We have added um, staff members. Well, this is what I found. I have found that staff that have been hurt in a capacity by deacons or whatever, they make great staff members, and I'm grateful to be able to minister and help love on those individuals from that mindset but they don't uh, they're not an inspector of the pastor I have to answer to God I gotta stand before the Lord and give an account as how I led this church and uh, did I call attention to myself or did I call attention to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and um, I I tremble tremble at the thought of standing before him and not saying it was all about you Jesus We didn't build, we're, we're not building a little kingdom up here for shame. This is not my kingdom. This is not David's kingdom. This is not our deacon's kingdom. This, we're trying our best to build the kingdom of God. By winning people to Jesus Christ. So that's what a deacon is not. So what about the office of deacon? What about the office of of deacon? Baptists believe, and the Bible teaches, two offices, namely pastor and deacons. Listen to what Philippians chapter 1 says. Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Jesus Christ to all the saints of Jesus Christ that are in Philippi with the pastors and deacons deacons some believe that the men chosen in Acts chapter 6 were the first deacons it's not conclusive that this is true but the work of the men in Acts chapter 6 definitely resembles the work of deacons namely in particular serving in 1 Timothy chapter uh, number 4 Paul is writing and he gives clearly the deacon, the office of deacon and what these men of God should be and what they are doing and tell us that it is in fact a ministry of helps. If you have your Bibles, let's go over to Ephesians chapter 4 and let's finish up this teaching if we could by looking at the qualifications of what biblical deacons really are. Find your place if we could over in Ephesians, over in e- excuse me, not Ephesians, uh, over if you would uh, in uh, uh, First Timothy, chapter number three. First Timothy, chapter number three. Uh, here we see uh, some vitally important uh, qualifications for. Deacons. Before we read this, what I'd like to do is I'd like to give you five characteristics that demonstrate how deacons walk worthy of their calling. If you're a deacon here at Maisel Baptist Church, you want to walk worthy of your calling. And how do you do that? Here are five characteristics. Know you're walking worthy of your calling. Let me give them to you real, real quick. Number one, by knowing that they have been called by God to serve as a deacon. Our deacons that are here have been called to serve by God. Uh, there is a nomination, a recommendation, a study. A desperate prayer and God has brought these men to the forefront by knowing that they've been called by God. Number two, by being faithful in their service as deacon. What I find fascinating is you recommend as a church the men that you recommend to serve as your deacon, your biblical deacon, they're already serving. It's simply amazing to me that you recommend every time you recommend men in the church that are already faithful in their service. Number three, by humbly viewing their service as a privilege and not a right. Everybody that you have mentioned and recommended, I have noticed this character quality about them. They see ministry as a privilege and not a right. It's a privilege to serve the Lord, they'll say. And they'll oftentimes, I get the same answer every time when deacons are nominated. They say, I feel unworthy. That's exactly who we're looking for. Jesus uses unworthy people. That's who he uses. So I'm grateful for that. Number four, by exercising patience as they serve. Man, if you're going to serve in this type of ministry, bless God, you better be patient. You may call a family and not hear back from them, and then four weeks later, you hear back from them. And that's okay. As long as you're praying and you are exercising patience in that service. And then number five, by exemplifying a forgiving spirit as they serve exercising a forgiving spirit. The one thing that sets us apart more than anything as deacons and Christians is that we forgive. One of the primary things I mentioned to us in 2019, I really stressed very hard on loving each other unconditionally. And you can go back and you can listen to this sermon that I preached. I preached it the very first week. I believe it was in part two of our vision for 2019. I said, I'm telling you, church, I have a very strong impression in my heart, in my discernment that God wants us more than anything in 2019 to love each other unconditionally. I said, I can't explain it. I don't know why it's so heavy on my heart, but something inside the Holy Spirit's pushing on me and sharing with me that in 2019, Somebody may say something inside the church that gets on your nerves or quite possibly may even hurt you. And I even said this. You can go back and listen to the sermon. I said, it may even be me. And I need you to love me unconditionally as I love you unconditionally and we love each other unconditionally. Because the decisions that we make here at Maisel Baptist Church is not to hurt us, but it's to bring glory to God that we might reach one more. If we're going to reach one more, we've got to love unconditionally. And that starts with me. As I love you unconditionally. And my staff, I love them unconditionally. And they love you unconditionally. And we as deacons love unconditionally. Then we see God do great and amazing things things we must love unconditionally if we're going to see God do a great work. So here we are. Let me close with this. Here are some scriptural qualifications of a deacon. Scriptural qualifications of a deacon. There are 10. They're found here, if you would, 1 Timothy chapter number 3, beginning in verse number 8. The Scripture says, likewise must a deacon be grave. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean we need to bury some deacons? No, that's not what he's saying there. What he's saying is that word grave there means of your reputation. That a deacon should have a good reputation. I want you to know, gentlemen, listen to me very carefully. If you're here tonight, I've studied you. I've watched you. I've asked questions about you. I've seen you in action. And I'm confident as I stand here today that our deacons have good reputations. I'm grateful for them. There's not a deacon on this planet, nor is there a pastor on this planet that's perfect. Uh, Bless God, I get frustrated just like everybody else. But I'm telling you, our deacons have a good reputation. The Bible says that the deacons must be grave. Number two, look look at what he says. Not double-tongued. What's he talking about there? Not being double-tongued. He's speaking about being a man of your word. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Our deacons are men of their word. If they say they're going to do something, they do it. I'm grateful. What's fascinating uh, to me uh, in uh, having a, being a man of their word and being that of a good reputation this morning, y'all saw I had a little um, stool sitting up here. And I went hunting around for it. And I didn't, wasn't quite sure what I was looking for. And I came around the corner there, and there's a couple of deacons there in the hallway. And, man, they came to me very quickly to my aid and said, What are you looking for, Preacher. What can we help you find? Uh, not that they were uh, inquiring by way of curiosity, but they wanted to help. They wanted to serve. And I'm very grateful that. And I just said, I don't know what I'm looking for yet. But if you find it, will you let me know, please? A man, a deacon must be a man of his word. Number three, a deacon must uh, uh, be without offense. Look at what the Bible says here. Not given to much wine. Th- that passage of Scripture there is not saying, well, it's okay if you drink a little bit. No, what he's saying there is in regards to having uh, 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 no offense given to you. Oh, that guy over drinks too much. He's a drinker. He's a drinker. No, he's saying, you've got to be without offense, uh, You've got to be careful uh, with people as they are watching you to be without offense. Number four, a deacon must be a generous giver. Look at three eight again. Not greedy of filthy lucre. I'm grateful to say and thankful to God that our deacons that we have serving here are very generous. They give of their time, they give of their talent, and they give of their treasure. And I'm grateful for that. Number five, a deacon must have a grip, a good grip on the Word of God. Look at what he says there in the text. The Bible says in verse nine, holding the mystery of the faith in pure conscience. So you got to know how to handle the Scriptures, handle the Word of God. Can you lead someone to Christ? I'm confident that all of our deacons in one way, shape, or another can lead others to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Number 10, or excuse me, verse 10. And let these also first be approved. He's speaking there of not being a novice. They've lived their life to a capacity that they've proven themselves. Let me give you an illustration. I do not mean in any way shape or form to put this individual on the spot and the only reason I mention his name because I know he's going to be okay with it because I've seen the change that God's done in his life. Sammy House. Sammy House is uh, now one of our deacon candidates. You've seen him baptized. Um, he was that when I first came to Maysville Baptist Church on the website there's Sammy with his hands raised praising God and I said man who in the world is that character uh, his wife is so, so short she looks like a little kid look at that and uh, man I come into know uh, Karen and Sammy and man just really found out that here's a man that was on, that's on fire for God now I didn't know Sammy before he trusted Christ as Savior can I say this is this okay am I alright I know you'd say it too if you were up here uh, Sammy was an alcoholic. Uh, He drank. Am I correct on that? You drank very heavily. And um, God delivered him out of that. He graciously delivered him out of that. And God proved him through the years. Years. I've been here, will be five years in August. And now here I am in year five, going into year five. And now you've been recommended as a deacon. You've been proven, Sammy. And I, I can't tell you how proud I am of you. This this is what is a joy to a pastor, to watch a man get saved out of the gutter. And come and grow in his faith to the point where now people look at him and say, he's a spiritual leader. Man, I'm so proud of you. I'm so grateful for what God's doing in and through you. I think about the same thing with Phil. I know he's not a deacon, but man, you know, many years ago, man, he almost lost his whole family, lost it all. But God delivered him, and he proved him. And now he's in ministry. That's what the Scripture's talking about. He must be proven. Uh, Notice, uh, here we go in verse number 10 again. He says, then, in the latter part, let them use the office of a deacon being found blameless. Now, that word blameless doesn't mean you're perfect, okay? It's not a, it's not a mark of perfection at all. But you can't be spoken of in an evil context in a repetitive way. It's not repetitive. Oh, yeah, you, you know that Sammy House over there. You know that Sammy House. Man, they put him on as a deacon. He drinks just as much now as he used to. No, he's blameless he's blameless before the Lord he's blameless and you see that by his testimony and then you see once again as we travel on to verse 11 and 12 even so must their wives be grave now here we go He says, even their wives have to have good reputation. And let me go ahead and go on record and say this. Every one of our deacon and deacon candidate wives have a very good reputation. I'm so grateful for that. And look at what the Scripture says. They are not slanderers, but they're sober and they're faithful in all things. I'm so grateful that our deacons... And our deacons' wives are faithful to Sunday school. They're faithful to work. They're here in worship. They're faithful to serve in areas of ministry. Man, I'm grateful that this qualification. We'll deal with deacons' wives a little bit later. But we're talking about biblical deacons right now. Then look at what he says in verse 12. Let the deacons... Be the husband of one wife. He's talking here that he be a one-woman man. He's not talking about one at a time either. He says one woman here in the text. You know, that's what some people interpret that as, one at a time. Well, I was married one time, then I'm married another, but it's been one woman both times. No, that's not what the Scripture's talking about. He's talking about a one-woman man. And you say, man, preacher, that is so hard. Dear friend, you tell me uh, it's getting harder and harder by the year to find qualified men. I just want to be honest with you. I am grateful for Maysville Baptist Church to see what is going on in your lives and to see how God is moving and how marriages, every marriage is hard. No, you don't understand, nobody has the perfect marriage, not even mine. My marriage isn't perfect. Bless God, we've never talked about divorce, but she's threatened to kill me five or six times. <laughs> something <laughs> perfect. You, bless God, be thankful you ain't got to live with me. Lord Jesus, thank you, Heavenly Father. I got the richest blessing today. Um, I had a couple of friends here with, that came to worship today. And don't worry, they weren't a search team. I'm not going anywhere, I promise. I I love you. I, I'm so grateful that this is where God has me. But friends came, and uh, they wanted to experience our service, and both of those guys were uh, deacons at my previous church. And that was their, that was their wives. And they took took pictures, and they posted them on Facebook. And then I got such a tremendous joy because uh, underneath there were comments that Pastor Shane mar- did our wedding ceremony so many years ago, and Pastor Shane did our wedding ceremony so many years ago. It thrills my heart to see that marriages are still going strong after all those years of tumultuous times, up and down and up and down. To God be the glory for that. So, uh, there's what the Scripture says there. No- notice uh, another one, verse 12. Here we go. He says, ruling in the latter part, ruling their children and their own house as well. Two, two things here. Number one, the first thing is he's talking about fatherhood. He, he has to be a father. Now, look, uh, uh, he's not talking about being a perfect father. We're not. I, I'm not the perfect father. He's the perfect father. He is. But he's talking about being a good father. A father that loves his children, that cares for his children. That's what the verse is talking about. Ruling their children and own house well. And that word ruling is a very deceptive word in our day-to-day because in our English vocabulary today, ruling means to rule with an iron fist. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about spiritual ruling. He's talking about the ruling that that, that says, look, family, you follow me. I'm going to follow Jesus. You follow me. It's that type of ruling. Never... Listen, you under, and I've said this many times, and uh, the longer we go with this feminism that exists in our land today, the harder I'm going to have to preach against it. I'm telling you, the Scripture never teaches toxic masculinity. Now, I know that that's a phrase you may have heard me, and you may have never heard that before, but it is a phrase that's being thrown around today just about in every, every area. The Scripture never teaches toxic masculinity. It always teaches spiritual leadership. Every single day. Time. So in relationship to a deacon, he's got to be a spiritual leader, a good father. And he's got to lead his home well as well. That's what we see there in verse number 12 there. So here we find leading his home. A statement worth considering would be something like this. If uh, you can be a good Christian at home, you can be a good Christian anywhere. You can be a good Christian at home, you can be a good Christian Anywhere, ruling your house well. Here is what the scripture says are the biblical qualifications of a deacon. I'm here to tell you today, church, that as I've studied our deacons and looked at our deacons and prayed for our deacons, I see that each one of these men and their wives and their families meet these qualifications. Tonight, I wanted to introduce this uh, teaching this deacon training, if I could, to the whole church. I'm going to do another training next week on deacons. We're going to look at something a little bit different. And then we'll take a break, and then we'll come back for two more trainings. And then we're going to vote, and we're also going to ordain our deacons. I want to get all of our deacons up here and introduce them to you. But some could not make it tonight, so I'm going to postpone that. But here's what I would like to do. I would like to ask for all of our deacons and our deacon candidates for this year. If you are here, would you get you and your wife, if you have children and your children want to come, they're more than welcome to come, but I want the church to pray over our deacons and our deacon candidates as we serve the Lord together this evening. So could we do this? Let's all stand this evening in a spirit and reverence of prayer. If you are our deacons, or you're one of our deacon candidates and your wife is here, would you please come forward at this time? And if you're able to get in the altar, I'm going to ask you to get in the altar. If you can't, just stand over by the side. That'll be fine. It's not an issue there. But we want to try to get us all together. If you're serving as our deacon uh, or your deacon wife is here, your wife is here with you, would you please come at this time? Amen. We've got a great, great bunch of deacons and deacons' wives. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you, thank you. I uh, love each one of you. And I want to thank you for serving our church. Thank you for helping me, men. And uh, I know this too. Behind every good man, there's a better woman. And thank you, ladies, for making sure that your husband gets his cards out on time. I really, really (laughs) appreciate that. Uh, Thank you, thank you. Church, would you do this at this time? Would you come and surround our deacons and their wives and their families? And let's put our hands on them and let's pray for them together as we prepare this new journey, as we add new deacons and uh, we continue this journey together in our deacon family ministry. Amen. What a joy. God bless y'all. We got to give them some time to get down front. Amen. Amen. You just get as close as you can. If you'll just put your hand on the back of that person in front of you, and we are going to go to the Lord in prayer tonight. All right, let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, this is your church. This is your bride. And Lord, we want to do everything the Word of God says and nothing it doesn't say. And Lord, we have seen tonight in relationship to biblical deacons that they uh, serve, and it is a service ministry. And for that, I'm very grateful. And Lord, as I have looked around the room tonight and I've seen our deacon families here, I see that they're not just serving in the church, they're serving outside the church. Lord, many of these men and their wives see that their workplace is the area that you've placed them to minister. And I'm so grateful for that. Lord, not only do they serve in the church, they serve outside the church. And Father, I want to pray a very special prayer of protection on each one of them. I pray for their children. I pray you'd watch over them. I pray, Heavenly Father, for these husbands and wives that you would protect their marriage. Uh, Lord, I know none of them up here today has a perfect marriage. But God, I pray in the name of Jesus for your protection upon their marriage. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would draw each one of them closer to one another as they draw closer to you. Lord, I pray that you would use them, Father, in these trainings that we have on Sunday nights during this hour after our prayer time to strengthen our body so that we might know, Lord Jesus, why the deacons exist here at Maysville Baptist Church. And, Lord, there may be some that are curious here tonight as to who their deacon, a family deacon minister really is. I pray that they'd go by the board, Father, on a regular basis and identify by their name, by last name, that who is their representative, who is their deacon that's praying for them, who is their deacon that is ready to help meet those needs when they come about. Lord, I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would strengthen this year our uh, deacons, and God, I pray, Lord Jesus, that as we continue to minister together, I pray that we'd see one more one more soul saved, one more life changed for the glory of God. Lord, thank you for this church. God, we're growing so, so uh, quickly. In numbers, and we're growing spiritually. We're seeing what your word says. We're learning about, Lord, the corrective uh, documentations that you've given us in Corinth. We're getting into the doctrinal part. Uh, Lord, thank you so very much for what we're learning. We're watching our debt go down. We're seeing buildings go up. People are joining the church. Thank you for that sweet couple that joined today. Thank you for the three baptisms we had. Lord, thank you for the baptism we had on Thursday. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray that everything that we we say and do would bring glory and honor to you. I pray we take 1 Corinthians 10 31 to heart and we would practice it every day. Whether we eat, whether we drink, or whatever we do, may we do it all for the kingdom of God. Lord, the hand we uh, have and placed, Father, on the back in front of us ultimately comes down to these deacons. In the name of Jesus, I pray you would bless them and their families. And we're going to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. We love you, and we thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, church. Thank you for loving on our deacons. My star, look around. My goodness, what a joy that is. God bless each one of you tonight. As you make your way back to your seat tonight, you may be our guest this evening. You might think, my stars, I have never been a part of anything like this. Well, can I just say, welcome to Mason Baptist Church. We're just trying to follow the Bible. We're trying to do what the Lord says. We want to be known as a church that's building the kingdom of God through loving others, loving God, and serving the world. Uh, We're committed to that. Our primary tool by which we do this is Sunday school. We love worship. We come in this place to glorify the name of the Lord, to lift up our voices and hear the pastor deliver the Word of God. But in our small group Sunday school classes, that's where our community is. Today, uh, we had 600 and what we have, brother? 630 in Sunday School today. Now I'm grateful for that because there's a lot of sickness going around. How many of you have somebody in your family or you know of somebody around that's sick? Would you just lift your hand up? See, us. I mean there's an epidemic going on out there. And so there's a lot of sick so have 630 in Sunday School this morning. I was greatly, greatly pleased and very thankful. So let me encourage you to do this next week. Invite somebody. My goal is to invite somebody every single day to join us in service. Would you join me in that challenge and help me invite? Let's stand and dismiss with a word of prayer tonight. Maybe you're here as we go to the Lord in prayer, and maybe you've never trusted Christ as your Savior. Here's what I want to ask you to do. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, if you'd like to trust Jesus tonight, you can do that. Would you just from your heart to God's heart say something like this to the Lord? Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, I believe that you died on Calvary's cross for my sin. And Lord, tonight I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Tonight I trust you as my Savior. I repent of my sin, and I trust Jesus. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want you to look right up this way. If you did that tonight... You just got saved and you're a part of the kingdom of God. I surely would like to meet you. I'm going to hang out down front here this evening and I'm just going to hang here. I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to love on you. Uh, I'd love to hug your neck and welcome you to the kingdom of God if you prayed that. Maybe you're just uncomfortable with coming down front. I completely understand that. There's a yellow card in that seat pocket in front of you. Would you get that card and check on the back that you asked Jesus to save you tonight? And would you drop it off at the Welcome Center? If you'll do that, I'll get it. Make sure your name's on there and address. I got a very special gift I want to mail to you uh, to tell you I love you. Church, I know of no other place I'd rather be than right here tonight. Aren't you glad we still have Sunday night service? I am so glad. Father, in the name of Jesus, we dismiss in the spirit of prayer. I pray you'd use each and every one of your members tonight to go out and to blanket our community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Help us to win one more. For your glory, for your honor and praise. I love these people. And I love their evangelistic heart. In the name of Jesus, use them for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I love you. You're dismissed tonight.